If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Welcome back, and thank you so much for staying with us. Now, let's shift our attention to the roads. A ticking time bomb. That's how roads and building consultant engineer Abdullahi Muhammad describes portions of the Accra Kaswa Highway as he recommends a complete re-engineering of the road network to avert a possible mudslide disaster. Gaping potholes, stagnant rainwater, and mud from surrounding hills have taken over portions of the busy road network, which connects the western and central regions to the capital, Accra, compelling commuters to spend hours in traffic on a trip that would have ordinarily lasted a few minutes. Join us as Faustina Mafo has more in today's edition of our Potholes Exhibition. A few meters from the Kaswa toll boot is a stagnant pool of water, more like a naturally created government's flagship project, one district, one dam. The problem, however, is that the irrigation potential of this particular dam, created by cascading rainwater and mudslides, is not being tapped as it sits right in the middle of the road. Drivers navigating this stretch must drive with caution, mindful of the peril that awaits them if they speed up. Each rainfall, the asphalt on this stretch, is covered with thick sludge from surrounding hills. Frustrated residents say for years, successive governments have looked on without providing a permanent solution to the problem. I'm not from Togo to Anangasangasa de Baham, you can see Sawis. And the idea of Monkantira Womo, Ganam Penifono, Mudri or Monfaho, no ma father Leno, no ma so hazard. Yesterday, we spent six hours in traffic from the tow boot to this point. Our leaders don't use this stretch each time it rains. They rather put on their sirens and use the other lane. If they were compelled to use this stretch to have a feel of how we spend so much money fixing our tires, probably they would ensure that this issue is addressed. Top government officials own houses around this place, but they keep mute and watch us suffer. Just now, my brake band came off. I have to buy a new one. I honestly don't see what the government is doing to help us as citizens. Every year during the rainy season, this is what we endure. Government needs to construct a huge drain to channel excess water 
and then get a professional to see how we can prevent the mud from clogging our drains. The drains designed to channel excess water are now clogged with mud and overgrown weeds. Right before my eyes, a vehicle got stuck, trapped in the mud, a testament to the unforgiving nature of the road. This stretch is a very busy stretch and ordinarily it's the only stretch that takes you from the central region to the greater Accra region with ease. It's a major highway and just a few meters away from this point was the once vibrant toll boat that served as a source of income and revenue to government. So even as I struggle to pull out my feet from the mud the big question is where did all that money go to well obviously i can help this gentleman but then hopefully government can do something to help him by getting this road fixed john is a contractor under the ministry of roads and highways his job is to desilt the drains and gather the mud from the road each time it rains. But he laments he has not been paid for the past four years. Pelon, deplorable resident of Anya, Palastown, are lamenting over deplorable state of roads in their vicinity. Palastown is a suburb of Anya West electoral area in Anya Sotom constituency in the Gans Central district of the greater Accra region. Now, the deteriorating condition of these roads is posing significant challenges to commercial drivers, traders, and residents in the community. The roads are riddled with potholes, cracks, and uneven surfaces, making it difficult for motorists to navigate safely. Abigail Dodo's report. Driving in Anya Palace Town here in Accra is a bumpy adventure. The roads are riddled with potholes and this forces vehicles to go in detours. When it rains, residents have a hard time hailing rides home because drivers refuse to ply that route. The lack of drains in the community has compounded the problem. Heavy rains flood the road and deepen the depressions in the middle of the road. Some commercial drivers in the area justify why they arbitrarily jack up transportation fares insisting they always incur additional expenses for the maintenance of their vehicles due to the nature of the road. Next year, no one should attempt bringing ballot boxes here. The roads in this area are in a deplorable state, particularly the ones in Atlas. From Academy Junction to Odifo Akwes Church, the roads are extremely poor. When it rains, some drivers end up in the gutters because of the rising waters. Even last week I faced my car because of this road. It's very bad. And if you go to town and you are coming late and it's raining, you have to park your car somewhere. You cannot drive through this. Either the rain will sweep you off or you drive straight into a ditch. The truth is, Palace Town itself has been neglected by previous and the current government. 
see, say do the uh, road for me. It's good. It's good. Residents say they are desperate for good roads and hope the government will listen to their plea soon. Commercial vehicle owners keep increasing transport fares. Also, residents continuously dump refuse, worsening the situation. When the rains come down, some vehicles do not even ply the road, and even the residents keep relocating. Vehicles find it difficult to move when it rains. That is why my husband parks his car outside. The non-availability of gutters also compounds the situation. This has adversely affected my business as customers do not frequently come here. Abigail Diodu's report for Joy News. Let's now shift our attention to electoral matters, where EC refuses to extend, uh, you know, uh, registration centers. And in a statement issued a while ago, the commission said it will not extend the voter registration exercise. Now, the statement reads, uh, the Electoral Commission wishes to inform the general public that the 2023 voters registration exercise ends at 5 p.m. today. Monday, the 2nd of October, 2023. The public is informed that the commission will not extend the voters' registration exercise. The commission, however, assures the general public that arrangements have been made to ensure that eligible citizens who are in the queue or before 5 p.m. today are registered tomorrow, Tuesday, the 3rd of October, 2023. It goes on to say this arrangement will be extended only to eligible applicants in the queue at 5 p.m. today, Monday, the 2nd of October, 2023. The commission wishes to thank the general public for the cooperation and support during the 21-day voters' registration exercise. Now, let's take you to Wale Wale, where uh, that constituency, the municipal director of the Electoral Commission, Adams Abdul Rauf, described the registration figures there as impressive. Meanwhile, the NDC in the constituency has accused the NPP of busing minors and Fulani immigrants to the registration center. Elias Utanko reports. The nationwide limited voter registration exercise by the Electoral Commission comes to an end. Here in the Wale Wale constituency, there are still long queues of potential applicants at the registration center waiting to take their turns. Adams Abdul Rauf is the municipal director of the Electoral Commission. So far, we have registered over 5,100. How different is the situation here? And what are some of the challenges that you see first? Um, well, initially, we had those challenges. In the beginning, I think the first to the second day, we had those challenges. But ever since, those network challenges have been resolved. The exercise, according to EC Chairperson for Techima, William Bafo Apori Bampo, has been largely peaceful with a total of 95 double registration attempts within the first 20 days of the exercise. It has been very smooth. We've had a wonderful 20 days of exercise, and today being the last day, you can see for yourself the number of people here. So far, we've been able to do about 5,780 registrations. 
So that is to say that we have been able to, I mean, up our game, pushed harder to ensure that whoever comes to get registered gets registered. Honestly, these political parties have been very cooperative. They understood the rule of the game and we all played together by it. Regardless of the circumstances, we get to review the rules here and there, but at the end of the day, we always get to a consensus. So they have been very wonderful. Now to some politics, where some identifiable groups of the new patriotic party at the KJT and race course market in Kumasi want party delegates to put competence above tribalism in the selection of flag bearer. This comes on the back of tribal comments allegedly made by some of the candidates in the presidential race ahead of the upcoming delegate congress. Nanaya Ojima was at a press conference where the groups declared support for Dr. Bomi and filed this report. Many gather in front of one entrance of the KJTR market in show of support for the vice president's candidate. Amidst drumming and dancing, they engage traders on reasons all should join Dr. Baumier's bid for flag bearership. Some of the traders expressed concerns over tribal comments being made by some aspirants in their campaigns. <laughs> We have noticed that Kennedy Japan is making tribal statements. He says the NDC is bringing John Mahama from the north, so the accounts should also bring their own. But the MPP party is not for accounts. We want a government who will unite all religions and tribes. Dr. Baumia is already doing so. We don't want a government that will insult Ghanaians. We are pleading with delegates to vote Dr. Baumia. If a Nordna is fit for the position, why should we as Shantis deny him the opportunity? We can't vote an Akan who isn't fit for the position. I am pleading with delegates to vote Dr. Baumia. The campaign should be peaceful so we can unite after the election. The Ashanti region remains the stronghold of the NPP. In the Superdelegates Congress, Dr. Baumia made 97 of the 119 ballots cast in Ashanti region. To the traders, the votes are a reflection of the region's choice of flag bearer. For Joy News, Nanaya Ojima reporting. You're still watching Joy News Prime with me, Carlos Keloni. We'll take a breather, we'll return with Shobi. Stay with us. Mom, this is your son, Dan. Mom, this is the factories, and I said, Dan, this is the piano. 
me recommander DBS Trust Samamo. DBS Trust City to 350 Ghana cities, and you could win 26 times your stake on the exciting you pick one game from Game Park. Play by dialing star 946 hash on all networks via our website or download the Game Park app on www.gameparkgames.com. Choose your pick one number from 1 to 36, place your stake. And watch our live draws on Adum TV at 9 a.m., 12 p.m., and 6 p.m. daily. Hey, live like like me with Game Park. Game Park, more mula, more power. This game is regulated by the National Lottery Authority, not for persons under 18. Play responsibly. Investment Limited. Welcome back, Showbiz. Guess who is in studio? No one way. Yeah, you're welcome. Hello. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fake fans. No, it's not. It's yeah. not. You know it's I not. should argue with you on live TV, you know. No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> no, you don't have to do that. Anyway, what do anyway, we have? Anyway, so let's begin with Rocky Dawini, our mm-hmm. very own Rocky Dawini. Mm-hmm. You know, at the uh, United Nations General Assembly, um, where obviously it was a meeting or a gathering of world leaders, mm-hmm. and they took turns to share how they have individually um, contributed to achieving the SDG goals and uh, was, of course, it was the turn of um, the Prime Minister of Barbados, uh, Madame Mia Motley, and guess what? She centered her speech, taking a quote out of Rocky Dawuni's music. Take a listen. Wow. On Monday night, as we met to determine the halfway point of the SDG goals, how many roads we have to walk just to make it to the door, only to be told that the door is closed. Those are not my words. Those are the words of Rocky Dawuni, a famous reggae artist from Ghana, nominated by M4 for awards multiple times. But his words ring 
Because in a very real sense, are we going to trod the roads only to be told that it's too late? Too late for us to save as many as we can from the climate crisis. Too late for us to save as many as we can from the conflicts of war. Too late for us to be able to provide the food that so many need as we reflect on the fact that more people are likely to be hungry in this world in 2030 than in 2015 or as we get to the basic numbers that 735 million people suffered chronic hunger last year at a time when so many others had so much to throw away and to use. Very powerful uh, interesting. Uh, speech by interesting. Mia Moti. Yeah. But yeah, that's an end there because we have a reaction uh-huh. from Rocky Downey. My colleague, Doreen Aviu, sat with him and he says uh, her speech is testament to the fact that musicians have impact. For me, for a prime minister uh, to go to the floor of the United Nations uh, to speak at a pivotal moment in human history about the SDGs and how far they've come and how far they've fallen Mm -hmm. and what the way forward is. And her taking inspiration from my words to be the foundation of what she was communicating, I felt it was an honor at the same time humbling for me. Mm -hmm. Um, At the same time too, I feel that it's also a justification of how artists and culture, uh, musicians, we have the opportunity and the ability to also tap into certain sentiments Mm -hmm. that sometimes it's not apparent to us, but it has resonance. Indeed, it mm. has resonance, yes, and uh, yes, we're yes. so proud of I agree with Downey. you. Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes when you do music, and you do music that really speaks to somebody, mm-hmm. you know, some, some people may fault you for not following the crowd mm-hmm. and doing something that would be trendy. Yeah. But in the long run, you'd realize that music with off. impact yeah. or, like, with good lyrics, you yeah. know, really resonates with a lot of people. But anyway, let me bring you a wrap of how things went down mm. in Poe mm-hmm. when the Joy Prime team took the grand finale uh-huh. of the Big Chef culinary uh-huh. show to hold. And guess what? The whole folks uh-huh. show that uh-huh. indeed we can host and win. Here's a wrap. After 12 weeks of battling for the bragging rights of the best in the kitchen, Ho Technical University, which has been adjudged four times as the star school of the week, have emerged the overall winners of the first season of the Big Chef Tertiary, running away with a 20,000 Ghana City, 10,000 liter Syntex tank, together with other amazing prizes from sponsors of the show. So the moment is here, and the ultimate winner for the first edition of Big Chef Tertiary is... The show had 18 contestants representing six technical universities. Accra Technical University, Ho Technical University, Kofodia Technical University, Cape Coast Technical University, Kumasi Technical University, and Takrani Technical University. Three out of these six technical universities made it to the finals. Kumasi Technical University, Takrani Technical University, and Ho Technical University. The show, which was sponsored by Frito, Fortune Rise, Indomie, Syntex Tank, and Access Bank, now have their overall winner, Ho Technical University.
So congratulations to, you know, folks of, you know. Whole technical folks. university. Yeah. No. Great one. Thank you, Nonwe. Thanks for having me. All right, that's all we have in this package. You can log on to myjoyonline.com for more. My name is Carlos Caloni. Prime Business is up next. Investment Limited. is good but choice plus safety is way better your safety and comfort is paramount under the cylinder recirculation model you can buy lpg in a safe environment all cylinders are inspected and maintained to the best safety standards so your safety is assured just take your empty cylinder to the nearest exchange point and swap it for a filled cylinder different cylinder sizes will be available to meet your pocket size Imagine cooking in a smoke-free environment. This will improve the health and well-being of you and your family. Choose LPG in a safer model of distribution. Cylinder recirculation model. Securing your safety. Creating more jobs. A message from the National Petroleum Authority under the patronage of the Ministry of Energy. I will do it too. How? You call that spot of food like that? How? Take this guy and go down. Don't worry, I'll deal with them. I do you know that. I will choose my team. You, Kotsunasi. Kalipu, the natural fruit juice drink. This advert is FDA approved. Hey, give it to me! Hey, man! Go! Go, 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 go! Ah! Enough you guys, though! Continue! to unleash even more moolah by sticking from one Ghana city to 350 Ghana cities. And you could win 26 times your stake on the exciting new pick one game from Game Park. Play by dialing star 946 hash on all networks via our website or download the Game Park app.
on www.gamepackgames.com. Choose your pick one number from 1 to 36. Place your stake and watch our live draws on Adum TV at 9 a.m., 12 p.m., and 6 p.m. daily. Hey, live life like me with Game Park. Game Park, more mula, more power. This game is regulated by the National Lottery Authority, not for persons under 18. Play responsibly. For decades, we have helped businesses connect with their trade partners all over the globe. From Ghana to Burkina Faso, Cote d'Ivoire, Benin, Togo, Senegal, China, Morocco, France, Netherlands, and many other countries. We have made it possible to bring Ghana to the world. We have brought small and medium businesses closer to their customers across the regions in Ghana with our SME support facilities. We have brought relief and smiles to the faces of families with our employee personal loans. With our cutting-edge technology and digital support, we take the burden of complex thinking off you, making life simple. That is who we are, as close as a partner. Bank of Africa, we are indeed the African bank with the global reach. The malaria really knocked you down, eh? Charlie, no joke. Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual fufu. <laughs> you and your fufu. But I hope you got it tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. When malaria strikes, take Malatu, containing Arthemeter and Lumifantre. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have that. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. Malatu is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemists Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. The business segment is brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. It's time you switch to Bell Park today. Good evening and welcome to Business Here on Joinies Prime. I am Beverly Broom. Former Finance Minister Seth Tepper says he is optimistic that governments will pass the first IMF review exercise 
for Ghana's program. The review, which ends in November, is crucial for the release of the second tranche of $600 million of the $3 billion loan to the government for its post-COVID-19 program for economic growth. Speaking earlier on Business Live, Mr. Tekbe outlined some requirements from the IMF and says some revenue reform strategies needs to be reintroduced to meet the IMF's demands. I'm fairly certain, you know, that, uh, you know, this government can pass that header because if you look at, you know, the requirements, the requirements are mainly ongoing requirements. For example, let me give you, uh, there are a lot of them, but let me give you three of them. The first three says, you know, uh, or the one says finalize the comprehensive stock tick of payables accumulated by MDAs. You know, design a payable clearance plan, you know, and lay out a structural reform plan. This was to be done by end of June. This is a contract database, you know, which, you know, the Mahama administration started and which was talked. But I take note also of the fact that in 2020, the status of contracts and things were published. And the nation was owing $77 billion, out of which $23 billion was paid, right, leaving about $53 billion. Then come 2022, when the report, the second report was published for 2021, you know, um, the amount went down through payments, but also through a device where part of the arrears were bundled and then added to, the, to debt, which is part of the debt exchange. It should have been transparency on all these issues so that we know, you know, uh, uh, what was going on. So for the reason that this is something that was ongoing, it can be met, and government has been publishing. So it will be a matter of, you know, further, you know, that is required. Right. And then publish a medium-term revenue strategy approved by cabinet. This is also was also ongoing. The revenue reform strategy, if you recall, started with the creation of GRE in 2009. The integration of IRS and VAT, you know, down the lane, you know, we have that done. So we have the domestic tax division, and then we have the uh, domestic tax division and the customs division together with the support services, you know, division. Remember, ICOMS, West Blue, and the others. These were ongoing reforms. So why did we stop them? You know, to extend that we are being required now to set up ITAX, which was going to be the next phase of those reforms. So again. These are no new things. Uh, the, 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 it's a matter of just polishing what was abandoned, you know, and then, you know, repositioning it. And it is IMF and the World Bank who provided technical assistance for some of what, you know, we are talking about. And then it comes to accounts payable, and it talks about, you know, bringing back or finalizing the MBAs that should have been of gift list. Now, savings and loans company Sinapia Ba has received 15 million CDs from the Development Bank of Ghana. The loan is to help Sinapia Ba on lend to micro, small and medium-scale enterprises at competitive rates. Speaking after a, work, a working visit by the company to DBG, Chief Executive Officer of DBG, Kwame Naduka disclosed that the interest rates for the facility is the same as rates given to commercial banks. Development Bank of Ghana has partnered its first savings and loans company, 
Snapiaba, according to its chief executive officer, Kwamina Duka. The hope of the partnership is to make a transformational impact in the MSME sector, especially through a company that has been in existence for three decades. In terms of the money that we're looking at today, we're looking to impact initially 150 businesses, of which a third of those should be women-led. So those are the kind of areas that we want to go to, where we can make a transformational impact. And our M&E, or our monitoring evaluation, together in partnership with Sinapi, should ensure that we don't do businesses that do not transform the sector. It's also important to realize that our mandate is all about additionality. So we were set up not to provide short-term financing, which many other banks do, and they do it very well. Our role as DBG is to provide the gap in financing today, which is long-term affordable CD financing. And long-term affordable CD financing, which is at the heart of our mandate, is key to growing a private sector. Meanwhile, Chief Executive Officer of Snapiaba, Tony Fusu, indicated that the partnership will revolutionize the activities and help MSMEs build resilience. We believe strongly that to bring transformation to our clients, it is not only the financial services, especially lending, but particularly the totality of financial services provision, capacity building, training, and all that is something that our clients need to transform their businesses, to transform their lives. We've done that over the years. We've lifted many of them from a level that has been very low and um, grown their businesses, grown their ability to take financial services from us. And um, we have come to a point that some of them are unable to um, continue because, I mean, presently Snapchat has over 500,000 clients countrywide in all our 44 branches. And um, having DBG come in to partner with us at this time is about one of the best things that ever ever happened to us and to our clients because it's going to help us to be able to serve them more, to give them more competitive rates and again to give them more long-term financing that they have always needed from us and a um, few times we are not able to do that but now we are able to give it to them on a longer term for them to build financial resilience that they need to. The Development Bank of Ghana seeks to form long-term partnerships by lending to financial institutions for about 15 years. The Abosel Kaispere parts dealers have given the government and the Ghana Revenue Authority a two-week ultimatum to reverse some decisions taken to ensure tax compliance and enforce its invigilation exercise. The spare parts dealers have described the exercise as intimidating and disrespectful to traders. Head of Communications of the Association, Techiado, said the GRA must stop harassing traders who are doing legitimate business in the markets. We understand there are a lot of issues with respect to tax compliance in that part of the world. Within some few days, we've been seeing some in some parts of the country. That is Kumasi, to be precise. We're here at Aboselkai, where we understand there is some sort of closure of shops. I'm here with some members of the Aboselkai Spare Part Association to know what exactly is the issue here. Um, let me understand, what are you guys basically embarking on today? Okay, we just embark on strike. We ask our members to close all down shops because 
GRA, you're having an exercise, that's compliance exercise, which they will station a members or officers and one supervisor. That makes three to come in state in our shop. That's the reason why we say we don't want. So we say we are kicking against the exercise. We don't allow GRA to ask somebody to come and sit in your shop. For what reason? Just in the name of tax. No, that's not the way we used to mobilize tax for government. No. So we are saying say the government need to hurt it for now, this exercise. Or we want to give the government to its ultimatum. If we didn't hear anything from the government GRA, seriously demonstrate against the government and GRA. That's what we are about to, we, are, we intended to do then in two weeks' time. We are paying our tax already. So I don't see the reason why GRA to see this policy, as they are saying, say it's act of parliament, uh, parliament passed the law, so on so and so forth. We don't care. That's what we are saying, say they need to go back to review the, their policy back again. Tax policy need to review it again. Because this session is not helping traders at all. Because they want to start in sector and not in sector of Ghana. They kick against it. They came to Accra. Now they are in Abusokan. So we are not going to allow our members to do so. And if they, yes, they want to go ahead to do so, we we'll treat them as aliens, criminals. Right. So let me come to you, General Secretary. In your release, you made mention of the fact that you guys are being intimidated. What exactly is that about? They are sitting on our right, putting somebody in our shop. I don't think that is the best. That will not help us because it's going to bring pressure on us. Already we are paying the tax. We are tax compliance. We are already paying the tax. We are already uh, collecting the VAT for government. We are doing it already. We are not saying we don't do it. We are not doing it. We are doing it. So why are you giving us pressure? of people are not registered for VAT. There are few people who have done that. You are putting the pressure on them. And it's not the best. We are saying that we, we will not accept anybody in our shop. We've seen all this going on. One may ask, have you written to the government officially? Have you written to other authorities that matter? We met GRA two weeks ago at Octagon building. The same issue, we'll talk about the same issue. It seems Jared, they don't hear, they don't listen. Who told them this issue? They say, oh, oh, they are going to work on it. We hear from them. Last week, look at letter they are issuing, circulated all over the place. Means that they don't respect traders. Because we don't wear tie like you people. Abosokan, because our clothes are very dirty. So there's no respect for Abosokan. There's no respect for spare parts. But look at the taxes Abosokan's purpose is paying to the government annually. You will not believe it. They don't listen. So if you don't listen, what do we do? We hit on the streets. These spare part dealers here at Abosokai today had to close their shops for an hour. That is from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. this morning. And this is basically due to the fact that they feel they've been intimidated by the Ghana Revenue Authority. Also, they are calling on government to review some of these tax policies and also taxes as well. In fact, they're actually calling for a scrap of some of these taxes that, according to them, is affecting their operations and also they are giving government two weeks two weeks or to make to have all these issues addressed for them to have some sort of space to operate else they may have their shops being closed for some period of time for joy business james Ishen. And that's how we end business tonight for more business news you can log on to myjoyonline.com slash business. Thank you so much for your time. I am Beverly Broom. Next is Sports with Razak Musbao. Please stay. The business segment was brought to you.
home is an accomplishment. When it comes to choosing our preference of living, we are faced with a dilemma. Will you go for affordability, comfort, or luxury? Well, we will help you choose your preferred home at a very affordable and convenient way at the 2023 edition of the Republic Bank Lovathon Habitat Fair, slated for Friday, 6 October to Sunday, 8 October 2023 at the Kumasi City Mall, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. each day. This event is brought to you by your superstation, Love 99.5 FM, in partnership with Republic Bank. Powered by Airport City HDG Homes. And sponsored by DBS Industries Limited, Syntex Tank, the ultimate protection plus insurance product from Star Life Assurance, safety and home solutions, supported by... Brought to you by Commander DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries. Welcome to Prime Sports with me, Razak Musbao. Now, Medima Sports and Club will look to make a name for themselves when they take to the challenge in the CAF Champions League. Uh, that's according to the club's president, Moses Alma Parker. Now, the Takwa Bay side became the first Ghanaian club since 2012 to secure qualification to the group stage of the Continental Club competition following a 4-3 aggregate win over Guinean side, Horoya. Addressing the press upon the arrival, Moses Arma emphasized that the team will give every opponent in the group stage a run for their money and not be mere participants. Indeed, we made history together on Saturday in Conakry. And this is a memorable event we must all cherish. Ladies and gentlemen, Whereas friends from the media, even though we qualified and made it as the first Ghanaian club from Takwa to play in the CAF Champions League group stage, we want to highlight that it did not come on a silver platter. And we know we have a far more difficult task ahead. As we will play against the Giants in Africa, club football, in the group stage. 
as a result, we will need most and all forms of support to make our result championship journey successful. We do not want to be mere participants in this condition. Hence, our call this morning for the government and corporate Ghana to come to our aid. Moses Amapaka, president of Mediama Sporting Club there. Well, in the Ghana Premier League, head coach of Kumasi Asante Kotoko, Prosper Nate Elgum, has bemoaned his size inability to convert the many chances they create in the Ghana Premier League this season. Now, Kotoko, who are yet to pick a win after three games in the top flight, were held to a 1-1 draw by Kerala United at the Rice Sports Stadium on Sunday. And despite creating many chances in the game, their only goal came in under time of 90 minutes through Baba Yahaya, a situation which the head coach attributes to inexperience. Yeah, all that we have to do is to keep, I mean, practicing more goal-scoring drills, uh, giving them the confidence um, uh, to be composed in front of goal. Uh, they need to pick their spot, apply the right technique, and then that should be it. So uh, we need to encourage them. It's better you create, uh, you create the chances, and if you mix, uh, it's good, than you don't create at all. Or if you create, it means the possibility of scoring uh, is high. And if you look at from our first game up to now, we are creating more. We created less in the heart of Lion uh, game. Uh, we created more than that at uh, BBNE. And today, I think we created about two, three times the number of chances we created at BBNE. So it's, it's a good signal for the team. Yeah, it's Drop inexperience. It. I mean, uh, they, are not, they are not that mature in the game from Division 2 coming in. It took take time. It took take some games for them to understand the premiership and then for them to be very confident. So it's my duty as a coach. Uh, to, to instill that confidence in them. The way I approach them at training, at games, will give them that confidence. And with time, they'll get better. Play better than we did today, create more chances than we did today, and convert more of the chances we created than we did today. Thanks very much. Champions League returned tomorrow, and Anthony could return to the Manchester United side for their game with Galatasaray on Tuesday. Now, the Brazilian winger has not played since early September after the allegations of domestic abuse were made against him. Now, Anthony, who was denied the allegations, has not been arrested or charged in either Brazil or the UK. He returned to training on Sunday, and boss Eric Ten Hag says he is in consideration for the Group A game. Um, so he cooperated fully and it came out he is not charged so oh, you have to deal with it and experienced players they know how to deal with it it is not the first time uh, that uh, we are in such situation that the players who you now mention are in this situation uh, because that is a career uh, it's not only only highlights, eh? and um, yeah, it's say the journey. And the journey will will go with with humps, the bumps, uh, the gaps will be in between. And now it's about yeah, the the character, the character as an individual, character as a team, um, what you have to show, uh, how to get out.
And as you see, there are many, many positives in the game, but also uh, some lacks. And we have to work on the lacks. And so keep the positives, but work on the lacks at the deficits we have in our game. Or you can catch live commentary of that game on Joe 99.7 FM tomorrow. But elsewhere in tennis, Carlos Alcaraz progressed to the semifinals of the China Open with a straight set win over Kaspar Ruud. Now, the number two seed had a tough opening to the match, falling 3 0 behind, but came back to win 6 4, 6 2. Now, seventh seed, Ruud put the Spaniard 20 on the back foot. At a start, but Akaras played superbly from then on. He will face Italian Janik Sinner in the last four after the sixth seed overcame Bulgarian Grigor Dimitrov, 6-4-3-6-6-2. In the other semifinal, world number three, Daniil Medvedev, will take on eight seed Alexander Verevev there. Now, if Akaras and Medvedev were to meet in the final... It will be a repeat of the U.S. Open semifinal that saw the 27-year-old end the Spaniards' run at a flashing meadows. Well, in the women's category, wall number three, Coco Golf beat Ekaterina Alexandrova 7-5-6-3 in a debut at the China Open. Now, American Golf uh, had not played since winning her first Grand Slam title at the U.S. Open in September. She extended her unbeaten round to 13, having won 19 of 20 matches since a first-round exit at the Wimbledon and faces world number 48, Petra Matic, next. Now, elsewhere, Petra Vitova criticized the Shedlin after her 6-4, second-round loss to Leon Dumila Samsonova. Now, the Czech two-time Wimbledon champion had a late finish to her first round match on Sunday against China's Wang Ziyu and was back in action on Monday. Well, in the English Premier League game between Chelsea and Fulham, the Blues, Chelsea, are leading by two goals to nil and are very much look to, uh, looking to secure back-to-back wins uh, in the uh, English top flight there. Well, uh, that's all we have for you on Prime Sports. We'll leave you with some uh, more updates on Sports Bite.
Sports Segment was brought to you by Menda DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries. forest as a pair of lungs or kidneys cleaning our air and water regulating rainfall sunshine and serving as a buffer against natural disasters the country's kidneys and lungs are currently being attacked and perforated at a faster rate by illegal mining seven of Ghana's 16 regions have been affected by illegal mining activities 34 of the country's 288 forest reserves have been affected with an estimated destruction of 4,726 hectares, larger than twice the land size of Ashanti region, according to the Forestry Commission. Whilst the country begs for funds to slow down the destruction of its carbon filters, Parliament has amended environmental laws to open up existing protected and production forests for more mining. Let's take a journey to the Apamprama Forest Reserve. The Apamprama Forest Reserve is one of four forest reserves within the Amansia Central and Amansia South administrative districts of the Ashanti region. The reserve was selected in 1937 and later demarcated in 1938. Ownership is vested in the Bekwai, Rempi and Denyase Paramounties. It derives its name from the Apamprama River which takes its source from the Odumasa portion of the reserve and flows into the Oda River. It covers a total area of 34.7 km square with 21 admitted farms. For years, it has been the source of non-timber forest products like pestles, snails, kapok, sponge, spices, canes, bamboo and rattan, medicinal plants and incense. It is also home to grass cutters, dukes, monkeys, antelopes, squirrels and rats. 
The Apamprama Forest Reserve is surrounded by five major communities Kobro, Abuakwa, Obenenebing, Aponapong, Ankam, Manswafede, and Musikrum. As of 2018, Apamprama served the timber needs of about eight timber firms legally recognized as felon rights holders of the production forest. This is the Kobro community, an old town which sits deep within the Apamprama Forest Reserve. Residents still have fresh memories of how the destruction of the Cobra section of the reserve started in 2018. One by one, they tell me of how the late chief executive of the Forestry Commission, Sir John, in 2018 convinced the townsfolk that the government was undertaking a reclamation exercise in the forest. Initially, they said they were covering pits, but then they started building settlements. Ah, we wondered why they were setting up shelters if they were just covering pits. Then a number of machines were brought in, so we mobilized to demonstrate. But Sir John came in and assured us they were just planting trees. But after a month when we went back, the forest was crawling a lot of miners. That began a series of events that marked the woes and destruction of a once beautiful natural forest. A forest entry permit was granted to Unique Star Point Company Limited to carry out reclamation activities on some portions of the forest reserve in November 2017. In the same year, a forest entry permit was granted to Heritage Imperial Company Limited to conduct prospecting activities in December 2017. Unique Star Point Company Limited and Heritage Imperial Company Limited belong to Emmanuel Donald Intua and Reynolds Kwabi. Contrary to mining regulations, what was supposed to be prospecting and reclamation of the Apamprama Forest Reserve turned out to be active mining of the reserve with over 18 excavators and a number of bulldozers. The forest became a no-go area. We could not enter the forest. They mounted huge barrier. They brought in bodyguards. I used to drive some miners into the forest. We had to endure drills from the military. We concluded that these people were sent from the top. The illegal activity in the Cobra section of the Apamprama Forest Reserve went on for months under the watch of the Forestry Commission. So this devastation went on and the Apraman Forest Reserve sites are right here. The Forestry Commission says it had no evil, it did not see anybody bringing in heavy equipment. This has lasted for close to a year. No government official got wind of it or nobody was prepared to even face them. After failed attempts by Operation Vanguard and other security agencies to stop the illegality, the Interministerial Tax Force on Illegal Mining moved in to stop the pillaging of the forest. 
The law does not allow the use of heavy F-moving equipment in prospecting in forest areas, but Imperial Heritage Mining Limited in 2018 was actively mining the reserve with about 30 excavators using a prospecting license. Tax Force Commander W1 Isaac Nyako is overwhelmed by the wanton destruction of forest. In this this is the largest. In fact, I don't even know how to start and how to end. I'm even shocked seeing the ground like this. The largest, the largest so far at this very site. The company had destroyed a large part of the forest under prospecting, a crime they were never punished for. Nanayao Enin is the chief of Kobro. He indicates Imperial Heritage came back to mine in the forest after it was driven out. Sir John met the whole community and told us they were doing reclamation. But in the end, when they mined Anajukum burnt his machines, he came back to mine in the forest. The soldiers and the Forestry Commission know he came back. In 2021, Imperial Heritage was back mining in the Odaho section of the Apamprama Forest Reserve, this time with a mining lease. This was at a time when the Minister for Lands and Natural Resources, Samuel Abujinapo, had declared forest reserves and water bodies red zones and restricted areas where no mining should be allowed to take place. We are pursuing that strongly. The minister also instructed the Forestry Commission to desist from issuing forest entry permits for purposes of mineral prospecting or mining in any forest reserve. But in 2021, my team met Imperial Heritage Mining Limited and its Chinese miners mining the Odaho section of the Apamprama Forest Reserve under the protection of over 30 fully armed military men. After our expose of the illegality in 2021, the military personnel were withdrawn, but authorities are yet to make public findings on who assigned them. The chief of Kobro, Nanayao Enin, narrates how he and his elders were treated when they confronted military men who besieged the forest to protect other miners in 2022. On Monday, I, my linguist and some of my elders took a trip deep into the forest. We met a barrier manned by armed soldiers. This was in 2022. I introduced myself as the chief of Kobro and caretaker of the forest for Bekwai Paramountsi. I told them we've noticed some activity in the forest. We demanded to see their documents so we could inform the king of their presence. The soldier called the owner of the mining site on phone and told him of our presence. His boss told him to ask us whether the forest is owned by the government or the people of Kobro. We couldn't challenge the armed soldiers, so we left. Since then, other illegal miners have joined the fray. Now look at this. You can drive miles of devastation caused to this reserve.
The once green Apamprama Forest Reserve has been largely reduced to a wasteland. Valuable tree and animal species are all gone. Maybe this is the only green that is still active. But valuable trees, the flora and fauna, animals, the river order which lies dirty here, they are all gone. The Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources has, through the agency of the Forestry Commission, with the assistance of the military, made the effort to cordon off all 294 sites of forest reserves in the country and rid them of illegal mining. So while the president was giving this assurance, illegal miners were pillaging the Apamprama Forest Reserve. This miner tells us he works for one Emilia, who we later learned is a politician. They are not working today because a military swoop on the area has affected them. Their equipment have been seized. We found her equipment parked inside Cobra Town. The youth are not happy. Some of them have had their machines bent in another military operation. When the soldiers came, they met one of our excavators on the road and they bent it. These equipment belong to Mama Emilia's group. She's a former women's organizer for MPP at Jacobo. We don't know why they did not bend her equipment. These excavators are part of 16 equipment bent by personnel from the Central Command of the Ghana Armed Forces in Kumasi on 7th June 2023. This move is part of an operation by the Forestry Commission to rate the Apamprama Forest Reserve of illegal miners to pave the way for a pilot reclamation exercise. Brigadier General Ajeman Prempe is the general officer commanding the Central Command. His reaction when he first saw the degradation caused to the Apamprama Forest Reserve by irresponsible miners. I felt shocked. I felt worried. I felt people were heartless. I felt they were not getting in. And I just say that these are people that we need to ensure that they don't come around here anymore. Because I felt that generations behind have been robbed of something great. Sixteen excavators have been bent under his watch and a number of excavators seized and parked at the Central Command 4th Battalion grounds in Kumasi. Once you find it in the forest, we burn. Once you find it along the riverside, we burn. Once you find it in an area that is grey where the individual has been given the right to mine, we collect the machines and bring them to the uh, command headquarters for you to come and justify with your documents if indeed you have the right to mine in the area. So the forest is a no-go and that may defined that it's an illegal area for anybody to mine. Brigadier General Ajeman speaks of his resolve to protect what remains of the Apamprama Forest Reserve. When we look at the, uh, the environmental sustainability cycle, you know, 
once you are destroying more than you can you, you, you can replant or you can build it means that it is not sustainable so what they are doing is not making this, uh, the environment sustainable because they are just destroying it and they are not going to build them back so we want to ensure that we get these people out and then government agencies that are prepared to come and do reclamation can come and do that even as he continues his onslaught on illegal mining in what is left of their pamprama we found Chinese miners and their Ghanaian collaborators have moved their equipment to this school, waiting for an opportunity to move in. Some indigents of Odaho, like Emmanuel Buama, are not happy with the destruction of the forest, but they say they are helpless. We were adamant we would not allow them to destroy the forest. Soldiers, heavily built men, mounted a barrier at a coupon and subjected us to severe beatings. We were overpowered. Because of the mining in the forest, all Kopo and other farms close to the forest were destroyed. When you use the polluted water on the cocoa, they wetter. All our crops are not doing well due to the contamination of the soil. There is a sharp contrast to how the Forestry Commission handles illegal miners and the local farmers who want a piece of the forest land to farm. Kwame Ejapon is a native of Kobro. He is growing cocoyam and plantain at the edge of what remains of the forest. His farming activity will not destroy the land, but he is allowed to farm here only on one condition. To put these pegs at measured intervals to plant trees that will grow with his crops. He can only harvest once and the trees will take over. The forestry officials show us the intervals at which we peg the trees. They then bring us seedlings to plant. Their tree species grow rapidly. If he doesn't do this, forest inspectors will destroy his farm. If they find trees planted amidst the crops, you are safe. If they find out you have not planted the tree amidst your crops, they will destroy your farm. But a few meters from his farm, illegal miners are allowed to destroy the forest, vegetation, trees, water, and the land permanently. Entities like Imperial Heritage Mining Limited violated environmental laws in 2018 when they mined the forest with prospecting licenses without any consequence. State agencies, including the Forestry Commission, have looked on for this large tracts of forest to be destroyed permanently for a period of about four years. Global Forest Watch data indicates that between 2001 and 2021, trees sitting on 1.41 million hectares of land were destroyed across Ghana. The destruction of tree cover is equivalent to about half the size of the entire Ashanti region, which is about 2.4 million hectares. This notwithstanding, Ghana has received 
$862,280 from the World Bank for reducing 972,456 tons of carbon emissions for the first monitoring period from June to December 2019. Ghana is eligible to receive up to uh, $50 million for 10 million tons of carbon dioxide emissions reduced by end of uh, 2024. Even though we celebrate this milestone today, Ghana's forest resources continue to face pressures from agricultural expansion, unsustainable logging, excessive wood harvesting for charcoal production and firewood, illegal mining, wildfires, and poaching. So now it is the ball is now called working with the community, the chiefs and people to be able to improve upon the, uh, the landscape. In the midst of all this destruction and the billions of dollars in gold taken from this area, communities remain the poorest. They brought in a transformer and wired the town, so we thought we would be connected in about a year. Benin community, for instance, is yet to be connected to the national electricity grid. It has been reduced to poor infrastructure and a deprived community with few opportunities. Their farmlands are gone, forests degraded, water sources polluted, and the attendant change in climatic conditions have affected farming. It is the forest that gives farmers in this area rain to farm. But now, if God doesn't intervene, we will not have the rains to grow our crops. The indigents of Benin share their dilemma. We've not gained anything. Look at our schools, toilets, and our town. We are helpless. When they come, they promise a lot of things, but they don't fulfill these promises. If the leaders of this town had insisted they will not allow the machines to enter the forest, they couldn't have destroyed the forest. Meanwhile, Ghana has secured a $103 million World Bank loan to, among others, restore cocoa lands, engage the restoration of polluted water resources, and reclaim degraded forest lands, including the Apamprama Forest Reserve. Just before airing this report, we decided to go back to the Apamprama to gauge the situation there. We found many Chinese miners are back to mine in the forest. Some have hit the ground mining, while others have set up camp to continue mining in a forest built for reclamation. You can see fresh excavators, about eight drums of diesel ready to work. Equipment here and there, you can see the generators and the washing plants. The illegal miners are back. We spotted active mining in areas where the military recently seized and burned equipment. We were told by sources powerful people in government have brokered deals for these Chinese to mine where others have had their equipment bent. Yoda is a journalist who has been monitoring events in the Apamprama Forest Reserve. 
He has witnessed the selective justice adopted by the forest guards in protecting this reserve. I was going to interview this illegal manners. One of them was ready to speak to me. And then we saw the vehicle of the forestry, that's the rapid response unit of the first commission moving to the site. They came and then they took their generators, the pumping machines, and even their motorbikes. And they set fire on all these items. But then, few meters, few meters from where they were burning these items was an excavator digging. So I asked the officer, so sir, why are you chasing this illegal miners here by leaving this excavator digging for the same people who are also doing the illegal mining? Then they told me that, oh, for them, they are working in the off-reserve. So, so that's why they are not going there. But before he told me that, one of them who spoke to me on their quiet told me that the issue is political. So when they come into the forest, they can't arrest whoever they want to arrest. The DCE or the MP will have to give them the order as to who they can arrest. So it tells me that clearly there is, there is a political hand or a big hand somewhere that is manipulating this whole thing. Many of these farmers have had their source of livelihood destroyed by the mining of this forest. But their taxes will pay for the $103 million contracted to reclaim the devastation. Environmental conservation organization Arocha Ghana has a problem with that. Sometimes I ask myself why does even the World Bank even support such initiatives or push those initiatives before us? Daryl Bosu is Deputy National Director. Business persons have been given concessions. They've gone into our forest reserves, into our landscape, mined it for gold, traded it, kept the profit for themselves. And the public is going to pay for a loan that is now going to be used to reclaim the mess of some businesses. It's not fair. And there's no way anyone, and even the World Bank, should support such an initiative. As the president leads the annual Green Ghana initiative of planting trees across Ghana, hundreds of trees are being felled and forests pillaged across the country by illegal miners for gold. Darrell describes it as a charade. If you look at the logic of planting several millions of trees in a particular day and then taking a whole year, the rest of the year, to destroy many other forest reserves, old existing forests that provide significant biodiversity services, ecosystems like water provision and all of that, you ask yourself really, is this logical? So we believe it is, it is just a charade in terms of all the things that is said on podiums and, and also the so-called commitment of the president. Dr. Stephen Apiatechi is an environmental planning expert and a senior lecturer with the Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology. He is worried about the rate at which Ghana is depleting its forest through illegal mining. A leader can destroy the economy. He can be pardoned. But when a leader destroyed the natural resources, they de destroyed the very existence of its citizenry, including future generations. And this is how serious Ghana's state is. But the question is, 
didn't the colonial masters knew that there was gold in these forest reserves? Didn't they know that there were bauxite in this forest reserve? Why did they leave it there? And that puts serious questions on our political system. If the colonial masters were criticized, save these resources. If the lives of Dr. Kwame Nkrumah save these resources, how come our fourth republic, that we pride ourselves as being a democracy, is the one destroying these resources? We should put questions on that. So the extent of discussion, not only for us, but water body, is alarming. It doesn't look good for the nation. Even as the country reels under the current devastation of forest, Parliament has amended the country's environmental guidelines to open up both protected and production forest for mining. Daryl Bosu describes the passage of LI 2462 in 2022 as an indication the government intends to continue to mine the country's forest reserves. Right after seeing the airline, we decided to go on to the Mincom uh, repository of concession, the database, and we realized that one GSBA, Buentano, had already been given out for mining, and this was right after that airline was passed. What we don't know is whether the presidential approval that is required before these forest reserves, a GSBA, is assessed, has been done. And it's something that I believe that we still need to continue and identify. So for us, we believe that this law actually demonstrates to us that the government has no intention to stop assessing our forest reserves for mining. It looks like they are really on the cost of accelerated mining and nothing is going to stop them. For now, Brigadier General Ajiman Prempe and his men say... They are bent on protecting what is left of their Pamprama Forest Reserve. We will have to take the fight to them and ensure that they don't get what they want, but we are able to leave what belongs to Ghana now, Ghana tomorrow, and Ghana in the future. Whatever action is taken today on the preservation of these natural resources, it will affect the people we love positively or negatively now or in the future but in the meantime the Apamprama forest reserve is under siege and the time to act is now